10 standing by. Red 7 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 2 standing by. Red 11 standing by. Red 5 standing by. Lock air spoils in attack position. We're passing through the magnetic field. Hold tight. Put your deflectors on double front. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, also known as the IPC, and we are broadcasting live right here on channel 1138.com, but also coming to you through the power of iTunes and Google Play and any other podcatcher you'd like us to be on. We're always looking for more, so if you got a favorite, let us know. We'll get over there to it, and uh, yeah, we have, you know what I'm about to say, right? Another amazing episode. You you knew that I was just going to say that, right? Because I kind of say it every week, but I mean it every week because this is an amazing episode. It will be as we create it tonight live, and we got another top five episode, guys. Another one. And we do these about every month. We try to come up with a good topic for you guys to discuss, and uh, I think we developed a pretty good one. So for those of you who are listening live, please submit your list now for your top five Star Wars vehicles. This is going to be a lot of fun. We've got a good amount of lists already. Maybe we'll get a few more as we go through the night. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun breaking it all down. I think you guys have already given us a great deal of great answers and a lot of uh, a lot of diversity in there. So it's going to be really awesome. But before we do that, of course, introductions are in order if you are new. My name is Ben, and joining me as he has for so many weeks now, it is my good friend and co-host, Mr. Jake Damon. Jake? What's up with you? What's up with me? Not a whole lot. It was a kind of a busy day today, work-wise, I guess. It was kind of long, uh, but I'm really excited to be at the end of today and uh, top it all off with a fun discussion about Star Wars vehicles. I mean, Star Wars vehicles, to me, are one of the coolest parts about Star Wars. One of my earliest Star Wars memories is a cross-section book of all of the... Uh, all of the ships from, mm-hmm. from Star Wars, the important ones, I should say. Uh, and 
I spent hours looking at those. Lots of fun, and I can't wait to talk about some of them today. Those books were so amazing, are still amazing, because, oh, yeah. I mean, they were there before the internet was, at least for me. Like, before mm-hmm. I had access to Wikipedia, those were my Wikipedia. Those were just staring at them for hours and going like, oh, this is here, and... You know, you, and then it went further, and you'd get like maps of like different planets, and it would kind of tell you everything and thing. And they and they've been updated. I think they're maybe even canon now. But mm-hmm. regardless, it was just a fascinating, especially the cross sections of the ships and the vehicles, which was just amazing. And I will say, that's the criteria. I think if you can look, if you got one of those vehicle manuals or the complete vehicles mm-hmm. from a DK. I think anything in that book or any of those books counts tonight. So yes. I'm talking your X-Wings, your TIE Fighters, your, your Star Destroyers, but also your ground vehicles, your ATSTs, your anything. Yeah. And I would even say the Death Star kind of qualifies as a vehicle. If you can get into it and it can move that counts. <laughs> I, I think so, too. I think that absolutely is the case. So, like, I mean, there's, like, Trade Federation, like the big donut um, ships, like, I think a good many things, I think as long as it's not, like, a building. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I guess you could even say the Starkiller base is a vehicle. Sure. Since it's a planet that's been turned into a super weapon that can move around. But um, might be stretching it, but we're not going to disqualify anyone. Um, I don't think anyone put in Starkiller Base, but this here's your chance now. You can do that. Um, well, but, here's my here's my question. I thought about this. I didn't put it on my list, but can Cloud City move? <laughs> it seems like something that should be able to move for some reason. I don't know why, but... You know, that's a good question because I feel like it's suspended. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, it can hold itself up. Right. You'd it think got, it that... got there somewhere <laughs> or somehow. Well, yeah, you'd think it would have, if it can, like, have repulsor lifts or whatever they're called to keep it in the air, it could move around. Like, for example, there's been other space stations and whatever and that can seemingly move around. Right. I don't know how that qualifies, and I'm sure, you know, there really is no answer <laughs> yeah. because it's fake. <laughs> but uh, I, it's it's a good question. I think at least the twin pod cloud cars are called. Those definitely count. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, well... I think we should just go ahead and get into it. Yeah. Because Let's do it. we've got a lot of lists here. We're starting a little bit later than we wanted to, but we've got a lot of great things in store for us. So let's get into this. And I'll start it off and I'll I'll pass it off to you the next one. But we start with our beloved patrons. They help keep the lights on. They are the ones that keep us going and do all kinds of uh, awesome stuff. So we appreciate them. And the first one to send us a list was none other than our good friend, Daniel George of AKA Dan Grievous. Um, and he says, this will be a really interesting one. Here are my choices. Number five, the Zanus. I think I'm saying that right. 33 Umbaran fighter. That is a really cool ship. If you don't already know, it's the big, like the holographic controls from the Umbar arc in Clone Wars. Okay. If you remember those things. I, I'm i going to have to look this one up. Yeah, it's that's one of the coolest ships. That's a great choice. Okay. Um, and Dan also adds the armored assault tank or the AAT. 
and I think anyone that's uh, familiar with Star Wars Battlefront knows all about those. Um, number three, the Impeding Assault Tank, a.k.a. the Umbaran Crawler Tank. Another cool one, another one from the Umbar arc where the that giant, seemingly invincible tanks that kind of run around and have this big stinger weapon on the back of them. Mm. Crazy. Um, number two, the Malevolence. That's a great uh, choice, um, also from the Clone Wars. And then he tops it all off with, number one, the Solus one, which was General Grievous's personal starfighter, which appeared in Revenge of the Sith briefly. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi stole it, and then it had a lot of play in Clone Wars. Yeah. But, well, I'm looking at the Umbaran starfighter, and I do remember it. It does look really cool. So, yeah, good pick, man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <sighs> all right. So on to the next one. Absolutely. Mr. Joey Mays, another patron. He has a list for us. Number five, we've got the Millennium Falcon. I think that if you don't, personal opinion here, if you don't have the Millennium Falcon on your top five list, you're crazy. But uh, you're just getting it in there. Number five, the Millennium Falcon. Number four, X-Wing. Number three, AT-AT or AT-AT, whichever Can you go prefer. Either way. Go either way. Uh, number two, the ARC-170 Starfighter, and number one, the Republic gunship. Ooh. Nice. I I really do like the Republic gunship. It I it's one of those ships that I wish popped up more because it's such a, it was such a staple in the Clone Wars that you'd think they'd be lying everywhere. <laughs> um, and I always thought it'd be kind of cool if they came out and you know. This may be sacrilege, but if they came out with another special edition of of uh, the original trilogy, it'd be kind of cool to not go crazy with adding stuff, but pepper in some battle droids in the background and pepper in some Republic gunships and things like that. Just kind of hints of stuff that tell you that this took place back then. I completely agree. In, in fact, one of my favorite choices is a bit more egregious than that, but I do like the one of the later changes that they did for the Blu-ray where in Return of the Jedi there's a scene of a darkened Jabba's palace and there's wow. a dog they added a dog in there Sebulba species yes walking around okay. in there and awesome. it's just subtle and like I know people that hate all the changes and I don't love all the changes either but I like that because it's, it's more subtle and it more just kind of connects the universe and yeah. you know it's not it's not a huge deal. It's not something that's going to take you out of the movie every time you watch it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, great choices, Joey. Seriously, yeah. You, yes. you got to have the Falcon in there, or do you? Or do you? Well, we'll <laughs> we're we're about to find that. Out. Just my personal opinion. <laughs> we're all allowed to our opinions, although some of them can be wrong. We'll, we'll, we'll just <laughs> see. We'll just see. Um, moving on to the peacekeepers, we got our good buddy Kenny Crayley Jr., who is always prompt in sending us lists he has his number five at AT-80s, number four jedi starfighters number three b-wings number two x-wings and number one just to make jake happy millennium falcon a boy kenny <laughs> there you go all right uh up next we've got francisco matayana what a great name um number five we have Padme's ship. Uh, now, I do have a question for you. 
Are we talking about the Nubian Royal Starship or are we talking about the J-type uh, star skiff from, the, from uh, Attack of the Clones? There's like four of them at least. Yeah, oh because, yeah. There's... Because there's the original starship from Phantom Menace. There's the, uh, the big like flying wing that they have in Attack of the Clones at the beginning. There's the smaller one that they fly around at the end attack of the clones. Right. And then there's the kind of a smaller, almost flying wing esque thing that they that she flies to Mustafar in. So no. which one is it, Francisco? They're all cool though, so I would I would take any one of them. When I said the skiff, I uh the J type star skiff, I think that that's the one from Revenge of the Sith. And I did right. I forgot about the one from Attack of the Clones, but that one is awesome too. Uh, but okay, so that's number five. Number four, uh, Imperial Star Destroyer. Number three, Arc 170 Starfighter again. And then number two, X Wing. And number one, a Republic gunship. Mm. That's two Republic gunships at number one so far. Crazy. Yeah, that's uh, nice. And that's a that's a really classic design. It really yes. is one that's kind of stood the test of time. And, you know, people still remember it after all these years. And it got a lot of play in Clone Wars, which is what. I think I remember it best from, but uh, yeah, well, it's, it's, you know, I'm not saying the other ships in star Wars aren't unique, but that's one of the more unique ones. Like, I'm not sure if I can, if anything really comes to mind, that's like that even. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just one of the many designs of the prequels that I think they really excelled at the production design and creating just like not doing I love the sequel trilogy, but not doing what the sequel trilogy is doing, which is basically just recycling a lot of old stuff or, like, updating older designs. Right. Um, there's nothing else in Star Wars quite like the Republic gunship. There's nothing really else like it in sci-fi. No. Um, it's like a, you know, a helicopter, but it's not. And, yeah. you know, it's really just a, a really cool design. That The sound design also is, is perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. All right. Uh, so next up, we have... Um, a lot of submissions from Facebook, and these come from various uh, places, uh, one being our Facebook page, at IPC Podcast on Facebook. Um, first up, we've got Nicholas Theodore Charter, and he says, and I'm assuming in no particular order, AT-AT, at, at, however you say it, Slave One, Millennium Falcon, TIE Interceptor, and the Z-95 Headhunter. And then he says, an, an honorable mention is the Sun Crusher. So we got nice. our, our first super weapon mentioned yeah. tonight. Yeah. Uh, and up next we have Steven Savino, number five, Dirge's Swoop Bike, number four, Rogue Shadow, number three, Fury Class Imperial Interceptor, number two, ATAT, and number one, Annihilator Class Starfighter. All right, Very and you know, cool. ooh, Dirge's swoop bike. You know where that's from? Dirge's swoop bike. I if uh, I'm gonna have to Google this one too. Hold on, that's from the original Clone Wars miniseries. Is it really the? Uh, yeah, because the... there's there's the big scene where, and Dirge is like this bounty hunter character. They're actually gonna introduce him in in the Clone Wars way back in the day, but they ended up replacing him with Cad Bane. But oh, okay. he was introduced in Clone Wars the original, and he's. I'm not sure really what what his deal was, but he was in charge of the Separatists and he was riding a swoop bike and they were kind of doing this jousting thing with Obi-Wan. Really interesting. I love that swoop bike. I love that. That's a deep cut, Steven. 
deep cut. Yeah, love that's it. cool. And the the rogue shadow um, is what is that? That's from? a star killer ship from the Force Unleashed. Force Unleashed. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's I'm looking at it design. now. It does look. I remember that. I remember that. I I didn't catch that right off the bat. It's been so long since I played Force Unleashed, but yeah, that's a great pick. Piloted by Juno Eclipse, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. I remember that name. Exactly. That's a great great Star Wars name. That's an underrated Star Wars name. Juno Eclipse. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) Um, Up next, um, Oscar Lamb, who says his number five, Indoor Trooper Speeder Bike. Number four, Anakin's Pod Racer. Number three, Sebulba's Pod Racer. A lot of Pod Racer love. Uh, Number two, X-Wing. And number one, surprise, surprise, the Millennium Falcon again. Yep. I'm really happy to see some pod racer love on here because I love pod racers as well. I That's one of my favorite scenes from The Phantom Menace is that pod Same. race. I could watch the entire thing over and over. Uh, but those things, really cool designs. And that's another thing that I looked at a lot in uh, – I can't remember which book I had. I, I had a lot of Star Wars books that were just like, here are the vehicles and characters and places – and one of them was like a full spread of a bunch of the pod racers and their pilots. And that was really cool to see the variety. And a, a lot of them, I mean, all of them are, are really, I mean, they kind of have that the same basic design of, of engines in the front, sometimes two, sometimes four, Ben Quadraneros, um, and, uh, and a cockpit in the back. And there's a lot of variety there as far as the designs and stuff. And it, it really looks like each one ha- fits the personality of the person uh, piloting. And I, I always thought that was cool. Yeah, the, the pod racers, again, that is a feat in production design, but also sound design. Yeah. And just like taking, you know, Sebulba's pod racer, the clunking sound that it makes and all this kind yep. of stuff. And it's so menacing and just, I don't know, and the fact that there's almost no music in that sequence and I think most people agree that it's like one of their favorite sequences in the entire film. Everyone loves mm-hmm. John Williams' score but Ben Burt totally takes over in that scene. <laughs> oh yeah. It's yep. absolute sound effects heaven and uh, yeah it's just a, a feat and the whole pod, just the pod racers themselves like George Lucas is a genius for coming up with that mm-hmm. like yeah. trying this whole it's a chariot race but it's not yep. and it's just it's really, really weird, but very awesome. Yes, um, yes. I think we got Mike Lee up next. Yeah, Mike Lee, and I think these are in nor- no particular order either, um, but I'll start with the X-Wing, and then we got the Scout Trooper Land Speeder. Uh, <laughs> he just says, the Falcon, of course. <laughs> uh, and then AT-AT, and then Slave One. Is that our f- I think Jake secretly made this list. The Falcon, of course. <laughs> Duh, of course it's the Falcon. Um, but if I'm not mis- no, there was another slave one. A few of Nicholas had a slave one. Right. But cool list, man. I I love it. That is great, great list. I love the inclusion of slave one. Slave one's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, up next, we got David Bryan, who says number five, B wing. Number four, A wing. We're doing the alphabet here. Uh, number three. <laughs> OT era X-Wing, very, very good to specify there. Uh, mm-hmm. Number two, Pose X-Wing, a very good choice. And number one, the Millennium Falcon, that ship again. Yeah. Pose X-Wing is great. It, it, it is. It, I, I do 
as much as I dislike the lack of like totally new designs in the sequel trilogy, I like the way they they redesigned this, the X wings and especially you yeah. know Poe's being all black or as it's going to be in the new one, I think it's going to be white and orange, which is really weird. I, I saw that; it looks really cool. Um, not what I was expecting, but it kind of it's almost like an homage to BB 8s color scheme. You know, You're, I just now made that connection. Oh my it, gosh! Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it's interesting because I love X-Wings too. And when I first saw the new X-Wings from the sequel trilogy, I, you know, there there isn't a whole lot different with them except most notably the engines. Because if you, you know, the original X-Wing has four circular engines, one on Rise. each wing. And this one kind of has like half circles you know and when they come together it makes one big circle and i i think that is a really cool look actually so i'm i think it's cool that they use that but it makes no sense yeah but if you think about like it's supposed to be like a jet engine or whatever right and like how does it create propulsion but like the original doesn't make sense because Mm -hmm. like it's not a jet engine obviously (laughs) right it's it's some kind of space high-tech like propulsion engine that can get you from the ground to space really quickly with no problems. So Yeah. But I mean, I'm not I'm not uh uh what's his name? Who's the uh who's the guy who always questions the science in movies and ruins it for um, us? <laughs> it's either it's either Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah, it's the one that's yeah, the he's one. The, he's the one that's always like uh tweeting about oh this isn't right. <laughs> Like, oh, BB-8 couldn't roll on sand like this. Shut up, Neil. Nobody cares. <laughs> Let us no enjoy things. Yeah, exactly. Um, we don't care if bombs can fall in space or not. <laughs> Spoiler alert, that scene is totally scientifically accurate, but nobody cares because it's freaking science fiction. Exactly, <sighs> exactly. Um, all right. Up next, I think, is Randy Weiss. Uh-huh. And uh, we're going to start with the Scout Speeder. Uh that's a great one. TIE Fighter, uh, and then the X-Wing, the Millennium Falcon, and then Slave One. Nice. Solid list. Solid th- list. All from the original trilogy, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah, a lot a lot of good stuff in there. Um up next we've got Gary Hall, who says at number five, the AT-AT. I'm gonna try to switch it up here. I, I think I sometimes say ATAT most of the time. But uh, I'm going to say AT-AT right now. Uh, number four, Millennium <laughs> Falcon. Uh, number three, The Outrider. Nice. Uh, number two, Slave One. And number one, Imperial Star Destroyer. The Outrider. There's, That's interesting. There's a cool ship right there. I I don't know that much about Dash Rendar. I just, the like, literally the only thing I know about him is his ship. And it you can you can tell it was made, you know, by the same same guys that made the Falcons, that same kind of off to the side cockpit design, which yeah, is yeah, really yeah. cool. But I really I really like it. It's kind of a it's a different take on the kind of whitey model freighter. Exactly. Um, you know, kind of doing and in a sense that's what Shadows of the Empire was. It was like Star Wars, but like we can't, we don't have Han Solo or any of these guys to deal with, so we gotta create this new <laughs> ship with his new characters. And so, it, and it worked. Another great Star Wars name, it's Dash Render. It, it really is. It really is. Dash Render's like, 
yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, I, w- people were talking about it earlier today, and I forgot to mention it off the top. Today, as recording this, uh, New York Comic Con was happening, and they announced some comics that are coming back. And uh, the main run Star Wars title that was running between A, uh, a New Hope and Empire Strikes Back is ending. And they announced today that that title is going to be bumped over, and they're going to be picking up after Empire Strikes Back. Right. And so people are kind of speculating, like, well, maybe they could bring in some uh, Shadows of the Empire stuff. Like, mm. could we see Dash Rendar get canonized in this comic or something That'd like that? Be That'd be great. That'd be great. Also, it would be really cool to see the Outrider in a movie. <laughs> it would be. Like, that style of uh, white team model freighter is canon, technically, because they had that one episode in Rebels. Okay. Um, the Iron Squadron, which nobody liked except me. <laughs> um, I love the episode. Everyone else hated it. I, I still stand by my idea that everyone else is absolutely out of their minds, and it was a great episode. But the one contribution that it did is that it brought that particular type of ship into canon. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, all right, up next we have David Hillier. And I'm going to start off with one. Maybe this is a questionable one, but we'll take it anyway. Uh, Tauntaun. And he says in parentheses, well, it's sort of a vehicle. And you know what? Under my criteria of can you get in it slash on it and it can take you somewhere. I'm going to go ahead and count Can you it. get in it? Can you get in it? That oh, is a double meaning. I did not even think about that, but that is <laughs> genius. You can get in a Tauntaun. As tauntaun, a tauntaun is a vehicle folks we just proved it live <laughs> on air it's happening exactly oh my gosh that's genius okay so yes tauntaun counts uh superstar destroyer land speeder x-wing and tie fighter so very nice. cool so land speeder i'm assuming you're talking about luke's land speeder i always when i hear land speeder i think of that luke's yeah. speeder even though technically there's like billions of land speeders out there. Right. Um, like even now you've got a race speeder, which is technically a land speeder. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got, I mean, even like speeder bikes are technically land speeders, but uh, we don't yeah. call them that. And I, I, I was going to say, I think that's the first land speeder that you see in star Wars, but I don't think that's true. Cause when you are in uh, uncle, uh owen and aunt brew's garage like luke's in there talking to c3po and obi-wan um i think you can see like the lars family you are correct you're correct there's that that one with the it looks weird and i think you actually see it later on like like floating around in mos eisley yeah but uh it's like this close close top thing it doesn't like it doesn't look comfortable to be in like it doesn't look big enough for like a human to get into yeah but apparently it's like that's the large like family car, and Even the other like land speeder is the two seater, the convertible that Luke drives around in. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so I don't know how that makes sense. So the Lars family has to all squeeze into like the equivalent of a smart car, basically, and then Luke has like a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Oh my gosh! But yeah, that's actually the first speeder that we see, and I, I think it actually. They put it in Clone Wars or Rebels or one. I think. Yeah, I think it even makes an appearance in Attack of the Clones too. Could yeah, and it's like now I'm looking at they have like uh, 
cross sections like you just google lar speeder there's like cross sections that show like how humans sit it's still a two seater oh okay and also it's like the t- like i don't know how you get in the thing like it doesn't even like make sense yeah hold on i'm looking up the lars uh, speeder here yeah that's that's kind of weird i like the um i like the three engines in the back that looks kind of cool yeah i get the practicality of having like an enclosed vehicle on a sand planet yeah for sure. driving in a convertible on you know on sand would be probably uncomfortable uh-huh especially well, if you're a skywalker there's a model here where it shows the open cockpit of it and you can kind of see like a little orange guy sitting inside and it actually seems like it has a lot of leg room the only problem with this is it doesn't like it's it's two-seater, but it doesn't look like it has any storage space. And I'm assuming, like, isn't the main reason you have a vehicle on a desert planet to go into town for supplies and things? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it has a hidden trunk or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know That's but... weird. Yeah, you're right. It's an it's interesting weird. design, nevertheless. Yeah. Yeah, well, glad it's somebody's favorite speeder. He didn't specify, but we're assuming it's the large land speeder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's good stuff. Okay, next up we got Mike Richmond, who says uh, number five, Boba Fett's Slave One. Mm. Uh, number four, The Falcon. Number three, Star Destroyer. Number two, Tie Fighter. And number one, he uh, splits the vote between an ATAT and an ATST. Nice. But he says, but I love them all. We well, can't pick them all, Mike. You got <laughs> got to pick some. Yeah. Uh, you yeah, know like what? That. That's that's the argument that I have with, and I've heard people, other people say this, that the reason why it is actually correct to say ATAT mm. is because no one says ATS. They say ATST. True. That is very true. So it's like that's a, that's a point for those guys. It's like GIF versus JIF. You know, you, you got to – the first <laughs> letter of GIF – stands for graphics you know so you right. it, it just it makes sense to say gif i don't care what the inventor says it's gif or whatever no it's gif and atat it is i guess you should say it that way because you don't say at that's very true uh, i say gif and i say both atat at at benjamin i don't know if i can talk to you anymore you say i know GIF. i know oh, my goodness. I, I know but i think i'm more encouraged to use gif because I know it annoys people. So. <laughs> oh, and you're just like thinking about peanut butter, right? Yeah, it, it does sound good. It sounds yeah, good. It just it rolls good. off the tongue and also <laughs> onto my tongue. So, uh, <sighs> oh man. All right. So up next we have uh, Michelle Gulias. I think that's how you say the last name. Uh, number five, Nubian yacht. Number four, ATAT. Number three, Pod Racer. Number two, The Falcon, and number one, X Wing. Mm, nice. Another another Nubian reference. That's cool. Yeah. So is the Nubian yacht? Which one is that? I think it's the one that Anakin and Padme use to go from Naboo to Tatooine to Geonosis in Attack of the Clones. Gotcha. Yeah. That that has a really cool like uh, like when it's parked. I just looked up images of uh, images of it, but when it's parked in the sand and you see Anakin and Obi Wan, or not Obi Wan, what the heck, Anakin and <laughs> Padme and R two kind of coming towards the screen. If you just like isolate 
the ship itself in the desert it's got this really cool like sci-fi design to it like you could just take that and almost put it in any sci-fi story and believe that it was part of that world you know yeah it absolutely is kind of a callback to uh you know old school sci-fi exactly like like 50s yeah and it yeah yeah definitely like art deco 50s type stuff and it's definitely intentional because like star wars is known for being like dirty and all this kind of stuff and the most famous ship and the most popular Mm -hmm. ship obviously is the millennium falcon which is this hunk of junk yeah and you know the prequels were all about like representing a different time period not only just different like uh, you know different cultures but also representing a more civilized age right and obviously you're gonna have like ships that are thing i love how they've brought some of those ships back in Mm -hmm. like the new era and like captain phasma's armor is supposed to be a melted down version of palpatine's nubian ship really nuts yeah wow that's crazy well i love the nubian ships because it's it's like you don't see a whole lot of chrome in star wars especially in vehicles everything's just kind of dirty and and rusty and stained and all that Uh, but the chrome really kind of signifies like cleanliness and like royalty and and uh importance i guess and there i guess, i think yeah there's one shiny nubian ship in every one of the prequels which is cool and i really like all of them i think it's a cool look that chrome yeah they are they're, they're really cool and just and also like just the reflectiveness of that that must have been like painful to like <laughs> animate and and put yeah. on screen because they reflect everything it's like you know, it was bad enough three PO being shiny. Now they've got an entire ship that's like that. But uh, exactly, <laughs> yeah. But uh, up next, we've got William Massey, who says, uh, "I'm guessing also in no particular order: the Ebon Hawk, Y Wing, the Hammerhead Corvette, Naboo Shuttle, and Naboo Starfighter." This is the mm. first mention of, I believe, the Ebon Hawk and the Hammerhead Corvette, which. Both actually both originated with Knights of the Old Republic. Really, pretty cool because the Ebon Hawk is of course like the main ship that you fly in Kotor. Okay, and then the Hammerhead was a old Republic design for way back in the day that they picked out for Rebels and just said, "Hey, here's this ancient ship that we're just going to canonize as a modern day ship." I guess that's awesome. Um, and then it ended up showing up in Rogue One, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's cool. I think first men- – is that the first mention of the Naboo Starfighter too? Maybe. I, I think, think Dan – I think Dan said that. Or, no, I think uh, somebody said that. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember. Well, um, either way, a good pick. Yeah, very good pick. Very, very good pick. Okay, Christian Bixby. Uh, number five, B-Wing. Uh, number four, the Z4Z speeder bike. Uh, number three, the ATST or ATST. I'm just going to say that to bug everybody. Uh, number two, Millennium Falcon. And number one, Jedi Interceptor. Mm. Now, the Jedi Interceptor, if I'm not mistaken, is that the. Is that Obi Wan's from Attack the Clones? Because there is at least two versions there's the. Sp- the Arrowhead version, yeah, and I, the Interceptor, I believe, is the Revenge of the Sith version, which the, is the Starfighters. At the my f- personal favorite, 
that like, those it's really look cool. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a also kind of a precursor to the Tie Fighter with the the wings that are kind of yeah. fold out and the sound design they put into them. Really cool. I, I love that show. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's uh, yeah. I've always loved that design. Actually, it, it didn't make my list, but I know when I was a kid, especially that's the one I was kind of drawn to the most. And obviously, it's so much fun watching that opening scene with Obi Wan and Anakin just kind of zipping, you know, through all the ships, and and they just look really fast and and uh, fun. They look fun to to pilot. Actually, <laughs> like they look like one of the most fun to pilot in Star Wars. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a cool list. And I can't visualize the Z4Z speeder bike. Is that just the speeder bikes from, uh, Return of the Jedi or? He included a model number. So I'm assuming it's very specific. So I'm going to Google this really fast and see what he's talking about. Okay. Let's see. Z4. Oh, okay. It's just the, it's just the Return of the Jedi Is it? Uh, okay. Imperial speeder bike. But he went like, got really technical with the whole, uh, model number, which A, yeah. A for effort there. It's good. <laughs> Yeah. Love it. Um, and also the B-Wing is a really cool design. And as oh, you know, the B-Wing was invented by Admiral Akbar. Oh, really? I believe. Am I correct? Isn't there a Clone well, Wars episode where he's like, I, I invented this new ship? There, okay. I think you may be remembering the Rebels episode where Rebels. go. And there's a little short Mon Cal. Oh, I can't okay. remember his name, and they go to a planet where he's built this thing, and it's supposed to be like the first B-Wing. For some reason, I, mean, I thought it was Akbar, but I could be. Oh, they all wrong. look the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally racist. I'm totally racist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, all Mon Cal's look the same, except for, well, one cool thing about the Mon Cal's that I learned was that if they're from, what, the North Pole or something like that, then they're like white, like, like, uh, Ah, oh, what's his name from Rogue One? Radis, yeah, he or they're blue. Radis blue. is blue and white, which I think signifies that he's from cold water. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think I like the blue ones uh, better. They I think they look cooler, but uh, yeah, really cool. No pun intended. They look cooler. <laughs> um, anyway, all right, we are we are di- getting deep into a rabbit trail. But um. <laughs> I'll, you know what? I'll even deepen it really quick. They um, had some stuff leak earlier today from Rise of Skywalker. Nope. And uh, one of the things, what they released a bunch of standees that are like like character stand up yeah, things. And one this. of them was a new Mon Cala general. Nice. So Akbar's dead, but maybe it's his cousin or his nephew or something that's come back and okay. got to lead the resistance. Gotcha. Well, I have a lot to learn about Mon Cal's because I can't even freaking remember that it wasn't Akbar who invented the B-Wing. But anyway. Um, <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I think it's your turn. <laughs> All right. So, up next, it's our good buddy at SW Ramblings on Twitter. It's Andy Siner. And he just sent us this list. And we're happy that he did that. Number five, he says, the TX-130, the clone hover tank. Ooh. That's really cool. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's really awesome. I want to double check this before I'm thinking about it. I think Me it's too. the one that is. Oh, this is the one from Battlefront. Yeah, I was gonna say you can totally play this in Battlefront. Yes, that is really cool. Um, number four, U wing. Number three, B wing. <laughs> number two, Y wing. 
like going through the alphabet wow. again. Um, and number one, the LAAT, the Republic Gunship, as we were talking about earlier. That's great. That's a great yep. list. Yep. Very cool. Um, yeah, interesting thing about the U-Wing, which is from Rogue One, obviously. Um, the cockpit of it really kind of reminds you of the uh, snow speeders, in my opinion, anyway. Like snow speeders and x-wings just a little bit um i don't know there's just something about that cockpit and how like it's angular like that like just the way it's shaped just reminds me of the uh snow speeder um yeah i get you yeah just from certain angles it looks a lot like that yeah like i'm looking at the snow speeder right now and it's just got that like angular like kind of boxy look to it and it just kind of reminds you of star wars yeah yeah and uh speaking of Andy, he's right in the chat right now, and he confirms that we were both right, actually, that in Legends, Akbar was the one who created B-Wings. Oh! So you were right. You were Whoa. right. That's old candy Yeah! Stuff. Thank you for making me feel good about myself. <laughs> you weren't imagining it. You weren't imagining You're just imagining a different Mon Cal. Yeah. Um, or at least I was. <laughs> so uh, thanks for the clarification, Andy. And uh, yeah, great list. Great love. Love U-Wings. U-Wings do not get enough love. They no. really do not. I love that design. That's one of the best designs that they've created in the new era is the U-Wing. Yeah. So, so good. All right. Well, we've uh, reached kind of a midpoint here in the things. We've got some Twitter submissions coming up next, and we've got our own submissions, including Zach's. He's not here tonight. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, in case you haven't already figured that out. But he did send in a list, so we're going to hear his thoughts regardless and get his but uh right now i think we'll take a little short break and we'll come back a little bit refreshed and we'll power through the rest of it as we continue top five star wars vehicles stay tuned This is Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I have drifted into the underworld. The Star Wars underworld. I have a bad feeling about this. Hey, y'all. This is Ben Hart here. I know y'all just heard me on the IPC talking all things geeky and fun. Now I'm here to tell y'all about my other podcast. It's called The Star Wars Underworld, about all things Star Wars. We talk Star Wars The Clone Wars, Star Wars The Force Awakens, Star Wars Last Jedi, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and so much more. I record it with my friends Chris and Dominic, who are here to tell y'all all about it. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ben. I'm so excited to talk about Star Wars this week. It's fun. It's funny. We're going to have a great time. Hey, guys, I am so nostalgic for mall packaging, and I love being on the Star Wars Underworld podcast talking all the latest Star Wars news. Well, now that y'all had a little taste of the show and you know what to expect, you should check out more episodes by going to StarWarsUnderworld.com or by searching for the show on the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, the Google Play, and all sorts of things. And may the Force be with y'all. It's a wrap, eh?
right, welcome back everybody to the IPC podcast. We're talking more top five Star Wars vehicles. We've been through a lot of great lists so far, and uh, we've got a few more coming at your face pretty quickly. And the next one up comes from the Twitter sphere, and we have Nate Combs at Kilted Beard. That's a great... Yeah. I have no idea what it means. Are you from Scotland, sir? Uh, probably. I don't know. I feel like you'd have to be from Scotland. Yeah. But he says, number five, the LA, LAAT slash I gunship. Uh, number four, the BARC Bark speeder bike, which is the clone speeder bike. Number three, TIE Interceptor. Number two, Y-Wing. And number one, the B-Wing. Be still my heart. The B-Wing. <laughs> I'm, I'm not the only one who loves that ship. Yeah. Well, I think Y-Wings are really cool, too. They're... I don't know if they're underrated. I think they've got their own, like, little fan base, you know, where it's like... I like how they've created kind of a, a narrative with the B-Wings. I mean, with the, with the Y-Wings. Like, they mm-hmm. started out in Clone Wars as these kind of bulked-up fighters with all the panelings, and then you get to Rebels, and they're kind of like... And they kind of skim down to kind of their bare bones, and then they end up in the in the original trilogy, which I, I really like that whole story, that the narrative that they created with, you know, these ships that, you know, you you see them new, and then you see them, you know, of course, in the original trilogy, and they're really old, but, yeah. you know, what's the rebellion going to do? Exactly. Um, all right, up next we have Igor, the hero of Tython, yeah. uh, at the Ronshan341 on Twitter. Um, he says for his number five, the Republic attack cruiser for the Katana. It's a sail barge owner is Jabba the Hutt seen in return of the Jedi. I actually never knew that had a name. I just, I always called it the sail barge job of sail barge. Yeah. But, yeah. I forgot oh, that's that. Cool. Um, number three, the devastator. That's Darth Vader's star destroyer. Number two, the X 34 land speeder. That's Luke's land speeder from a new hope. And number one, who would have guessed? The Millennium Falcon. I love it. Good list, man. Good, very good list. And and some good detective work there because he just didn't just put the Star Destroyer, he put the Devastator, which is the first Star Destroyer we ever see in Star Wars, which is the first one that captures the Tainted Fort. So right. that's pretty cool. And the Katana, which I honestly forgot that was the name of it. Yeah. Well. That's, uh, yeah. Another thing Star Wars does pretty good, too, is they take normal words sometimes and just kind of change the spelling a little bit. So it sounds like mm-hmm. a word that we have in English or <laughs> or in our world, but it's just like, oh, no, but it's a Star Wars word. Like Katana, like usually it's spelled K-A-T-A-N-A. Here it's K-H-E-T-A-N-N-A. So that's cool. I love that I know that the Rancor Keeper's name is Malakili. Yes. I love that name. It's a great name. A, a lot name. of really diverse, like just crazy names in Jabba's Palace. Yeah, um, Rancor Keeper is, is a great character too. Yeah, and I think the Rancor has a name. <laughs> well, let me look this up. I'm pretty sure the Rancor has a name. Um, what is his name? Okay, what is it? A Rover. Rancor, a Rancor named Patisa was kept <laughs> as a pet by Jabba the Hutt. Wow. Patisa is the name of the Rancor that attacks Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi. The more you know. It sounds like an Italian dish. Like, like, <laughs> hey, we're making some patisa tonight. 
It does. Sounds it like really pizza. Does. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that's great. That's great. Gotta love the names. Yeah. Um speaking of names, we got up next Kevin Davis at Valak Tours. Um he says at number five, X Wing. Number four, TIE Defender. Good choice. Nice. One of the most interesting TIE fighters out there. And one of the newest, actually. Uh, number three, Republic Gunship. Number two, The Ghost from Star Wars Rebels. And number one, Millennium Falcon, once again. Yep. I think The Ghost is an awesome ship. Like, it... I don't know. There's something about it that's just, like, like classic, but also fresh. And... It's definitely iconic. You know, you can pick it out of a crowd. It was so cool to see it pop up in Rogue One, obviously. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's a really the, cool design. Yeah. The TIE Defender, too. Really cool. It's, yeah, like you said, very interesting design. It's got like the three wings instead of two wings. Yeah. I, th- I really like that ship design. But. Yeah, I totally like because they have a whole thing going on, especially in the books now, that they're. It was back and forth between Krennic and Thrawn because Thrawn wanted to build the TIE Defenders, mm-hmm. which are these like heavy power. They have shields, with normal TIE Fighters don't. Um, really heavy power TIE Fighters versus the Death Star. Yeah, <laughs> like they're trying to vie for funding, and uh, I'm I'm not sure Thrawn was probably right in that scenario. Like I think <laughs> a ship that could actually like stand up to what Rebels had. Um, Probably was the best alternative to a giant uh, space station that could blow up one planet, but ultimately had a weakness that was exploited. So, uh, right, that's a thing. Yep, yep, but, yep. Uh, that's all that. All right. Um, and this I think is our last Twitter one. Perhaps um, so. We got everywhere. Josh at FM Ghost O nine. <laughs> okay, so he says at number five the TX. 225 GAVW occupier which I just did some research on and that is the it's that really cool tank from Rogue One where they just kind of put uh, a new outside on some regular tank treads you know oh uh, yeah which I, I remember the behind the scenes on that one kind of as it was coming out as the production of it and uh, yeah it's a really cool design uh number four the havw a6 juggernaut um uh number three the u-wing number two fang fighter uh and the number one number one the laat which i think or the laat dash i which i think is just the gunship right I think there's one one of them is a troop transport and the other one it, it carries the the walkers Okay. And maybe... I no, think, I, mean, I I just Googled it. Apparently, it's the same thing. Maybe it's two different versions of the same thing. I'm not sure what the difference is. Well, I guess it stands for Low Altitude Assault Transport Slash Infantry. So maybe it can do both. I don't know. Yeah, but, I'm, I'm Googling it, and I'm getting the same results. So. Yeah, and then at the bottom, he adds a message. I just realized how many of these were Rogue One vehicles. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fine, hey, that's man. That's not bad. No problem with that. Not bad at all. So, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think we did it. I think, I think we did. We're at the end here. Yep. But that's not all, guys, because we've got our own lists to Dude. cover and to reveal, including Zach's. We're going to, I think, reveal it just along with ours as we normally would and just act like 
Zach's here, maybe we'll do our own oppression of him, which would really <laughs> annoy him probably. I guarantee um, mine would be offensive. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But okay, so uh, how do we want to do this? Do we want? Do we have any? Do you have any honorable mentions that you'd like to? Uh, talk about before we get into this? I have six honorable mentions, actually. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So I can run through those real quick. Um, my, uh, no particular order, I guess. Uh, the Snow Speeder. I love the Snow Speeder. Um, I don't know, it's just a really cool design. It you, really is. You can tell it's not necessarily made for combat, but they used it for combat. And the tow cables are obviously awesome. Um, my next one is the J type three, two, seven Nubian Royal starship from Phantom Menace. I love that ship. I think it's just such a great design. My favorite out of the three that we see in the prequel trilogy. And I don't know, there's just, I have a lot of good memories visualizing that ship. You know, it reminds me of when I first saw the Phantom Menace. And that was definitely one of the most striking things in that movie to me. Um, Next one, the twin cloud cars from uh, Cloud City. Uh, like I've said in the past, I think I mentioned that that was my first Star Wars Lego set. And um, I don't know. They're just kind of a cool design. You know, it's it's like I can't really tell like what purpose there would be of having two completely separate cockpits, but it it's a cool look um, and pretty unique. Uh, next one, General Grievous's wheel bike. I think that's a cool design. And one of my favorite parts of Return, or Revenge of the Sith. Um, yeah, just cool visual. And next one is Solo's M68 Land Speeder from the beginning of Solo. That's a newer one, obviously. But I think it's such a cool design. It's like... I, from what I understand, it was an homage to American Graffiti and the yep. the cars yep. from there, and you can totally see that it's kind of got like a classic vintage look to it while still being Star Wars. And I don't know, it's just a really cool design that I I, I really liked. One of my one of my uh, one of the highlights for me in Solo is that is that speeder. Uh, and then my last honorable mention is the Emperor's Lambda shuttle. Lambda class Ooh, shuttle. I'm surprised I didn't get a lot of mentions tonight. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. It's just got a classic look to it. And it, you know, whenever you see it, just kind of takes you right back to Return of the Jedi, you know? And because mm-hmm. um, I think that's, I mean, as far as the OT trilogy, the original trilogy is concerned, it's exclusive to that. Am I, am I mistaken or does it show up in Empire as well? I think he um, might. They put it in Empire. Yeah, they kind of it like uh, reverse engineered it so that you see Vader's shuttle okay. at the end of Empire. But I think originally it didn't show up until Jedi. Yeah, okay. You know, I, I don't know. What, I think one of my favorite parts of Return of the Jedi is when Luke is flying off with Vader in that shuttle and taking off from the that's a great scene the death star it's just kind of a cool scene so I, I like that a lot but yeah those are my honorable mentions really good stuff um my honorable mentions are as follows not as many as yours but still it was hard narrowing it down. i know i i overdid it <laughs> the more i read other people's lists and yes i stole a few from you guys and the more that i thought about it the more it came to me and uh knocked some out and got some and I think I just nailed down my list like five seconds ago finally so uh 
Yeah, here we go. So, number one, Umbar and Starfighter. Dan mentioned it right off the top, and it reminded me how amazing that ship is. Just from the design of it, like how it seems to be like this strict form, but yet you can watch it, and it like changes shape when yeah. it goes from like landing to flight mode. They do a lot of really interesting things with it, and just like the whole idea that you can have like this seat that's out there but then you guide it into the thing and you're in a bubble and all the controls are just crazy yep um so it's just a great design and i love love those episodes um next naboo and one starfighter these ships are just they're so iconic now i feel like i feel like they're just as iconic as anything else in star wars because we're so many years removed from the prequel trilogy and, and a lot of people that grew up with those films you know especially us love love seeing those ships and you know and the way they were used and something just so unique to that film it, it was definitely you know you got to give George Lucas credit for like really going out on a limb with the, the designs and, and creating something that was just nobody had ever seen before um, and I love that they're shiny but if you actually look closely at them they're still a little bit worn they're still like yep. you can see kind of the there's you know blaster marks on them and there's like black marks around the uh, the, the thrusters and stuff like that and, like they did a lot of great detail in them. Yeah. I love that also the little bit of trivia that in the Nabu hangar there's not enough room for those things to actually fit in this in the docks on the side. Mm-hmm. So in the film and also even in the Clone Wars when they show up the tail of it sticks through the wall. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's, that's cool. Funny. That's a good pick, though. And uh, also, next up, ARC-170. Okay, Freaking yep. love these things. I love that they're supposed to be the precursor to the X-Wing, but oh, they look yeah. like they should be the the next step. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they should be, like, the more advanced version. But the whole idea, like, I had the Lego version growing up, and it's like this, you know, you have the two clones in front and one in the back, and there's a gun out the back, and there's guns in front. It's just... It's a crazy design, and you have the whole folding uh, Lock-S foils. Lock-S foils in attack position. Exactly. Well, they brought that line back, and they need to use it more. Yep. One more time in Rise of Skywalker, please. One more time. <laughs> yeah. And also, the U-Wing. Mm-hmm. I said it before. It's one of the best designs we've gotten in this new era, and it's just really awesome as a troop transport, as a thing. And I also like how they've kind of reverse-engineered it so that you know it feels right at home with X-Wings and Y-Wings and like that. It doesn't feel like it's supposed to be there. And I also like that they destroyed them all in Rogue One. That's why we don't see them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Is, uh, they're just not around anymore. That'd yeah. be cool if one showed up in Rise of Skywalker. That'd be cool. That'd be nice. And uh, finally, the Jedi Interceptor. Nice. Just a, yeah. all around, just a wonderful design. I love all the, the color schemes and all that kind of stuff and how the droids fit in there. And I also love, another little piece of trivia, that... In the movie, when they're filming, Hayden Christensen was too big to actually fit in the cockpit. <laughs> so all the scenes you see him, his feet are, are sticking out the front of the Jedi Starfighter. That is hilarious. Which is just crazy to think about. And, and, you know, I've always heard, like, the Millennium Falcon, like, the inside that you see in the Millennium Falcon can't actually fit in the outside of it. Like, okay. it's not like... Yeah. The physics or whatever. I think they've engineered it better with the new films, but still it's not a perfect fit. Um, I love the fact that something so small, yet they, like, I guess it could help that Hayden Christensen was pretty tall. Right. <laughs> he just didn't, couldn't fit. But, um, 
That's just great. Okay, so we've got our three lists. I've got my list nailed down, um, but we've got also Zach's list. I guess we'll just alternate between the three of us. Sounds good. And uh, we can read off his, but really quick, I think we need to address something very serious, very, very important, to me at least. I thought it was important to Zach, but apparently it's not because he betrayed us with this. He put his number one at the top and his number five at the bottom. Why would you do that, Zach? Come on. After all these years, how could you? You should know How could you do this to us? How could you? You know, we shame the audience so many times (laughs) for doing this. And then he goes and does it himself. How dare you, Zach Arnold? Shame on you. How dare you? I'll have to read from the bottom now. Good Lord. So hard. Jeez. All right, so his number five is the Bloodfin, which is Darth Maul's personal starfighter from The Phantom Menace, for those who don't know. Um, and he says, the main reason being, I want one. I know Katie Horn would approve of this choice and reason. And yeah, yeah I totally so agree. The Bloodfin is, I think that's the the bike that he... Oh! Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, I, f- I forget the name of his. I think it's just the in- or what's it called? What's his fighter called? The scimitar. I knew that. Right. Yeah, I'm an yeah. idiot. Well, I didn't know that his bike was called the Bloodfin, so that is new information to me. But that is a very cool vehicle. That oh man, it's great. Like, can you imagine riding around one of those things? Oh yeah. That's oh, yeah. so great. I I always thought so that scene great. was cool when he was like. He just kind of drives it off the cliff, and then you see yes. him keep keep on going. I think that's cool. I mean, you would do that if you had, like, a floating bike. So oh, you don't yeah. have to worry oh, about, yeah. like, crashing. You just drive it anywhere. Like, yep. you know, drive it off a cliff. Screw physics, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay, we've got Zach's five. I'm going to pass it to you, Jake. What is your number five? All right. Well, my number five is something I just learned the name of tonight, and that is the Katana Jabba's Sail Barge. Really? Yep. I think that is a really cool vehicle. It's like it's like a luxury yacht type of thing, you know, just for sailing around the dunes of Tatooine. Very cool. You know, Jabba living it up in style. Um, that was one of the coolest cross sections, I think, from that book. It was just cool to see, like, the inside and, like, the living quarters and the galley. And um, I don't know. It was just something that I, I saw... The, the cross-section of it is like, I would love to hang out in there. I think that'd be cool, you know? If I was one of the thugs hanging around Jabba's palace, and Jabba's just like, hey, guys, we're going sailing in my barge today. You know <laughs> what? I, I would go along with him. So, yeah, number five, Jabba's sail barge. That is a great choice. I love the fact that, like, normally speaking, you'd think of it as, like, a spaceship. Like, you'd want, like, a spaceship to run around in and, you know, right. have this luxurious thing. But, like, Jabba's got so much money, he has just a land speeder, mm-hmm. this this giant, like, party barge. Right. <laughs> uh... Well, Jabba actually has a spaceship that looks very similar to the sail barge. Like, you can tell it's made by the same company. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's – I'm looking it up right now. I think it's called – I think it's just called Jabba's Space Cruiser. But it's the – it's kind of got the same – design to it and that would be cool as well i don't know if that's what 
that if it's the same on the inside as it would be on the on the sail barge. But the sail barge is cool because like it has sails on it. You know, that's it, not something you see a lot of in Star Wars. And I'm right. I'm. It's kind of an homage to like ships of like you know back in the 1600s or something like that. It's it's got like two sails. It's kind of like a ship, you know, like an actual water ship. Yeah, it is. And just being that it's called a sail barge, but we know like. It's not using, like, wind <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah. like, propelled forward, but just the whole idea of, like, it's a pirate ship, basically. Yeah. Exactly what it is. It's got the plank and everything. Yeah, that's and so true. Thing, like, I never really thought about it, that the fact that it really is, like, a, a pirate ship, but it's in the desert. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yep. It's just one of those things where Star Wars takes something and, and kind of turns it on its head and makes something that seems familiar, but it is also really weird. Um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Absolutely love it. It's a great choice. Um, for my number five, this one is also a pirate ship. <gasps> this one's flown by none other than Hondo Onaka himself mm. and his gang. This is the, and which is funny, it's called the Corona Class Armed Frigate. I had no okay. idea the name of this ship until I saw it. Um, there's a Legends version, but the Canon version are the giant flying saucers yes that hondo flies around and i love that they went just all out with this in making this call back to like classic sci-fi oh, yeah. and down to like the sound design of them they like they have that really like squeal of you know that uh really high-pitched thing and yep it just a really they're just a really cool design i love how they spin around and everything it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense like, if you think about it, like, why would a ship spin around? Yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody inside would be tossed around or whatever, but um, well, just really, it's a really cool design, and I love the kind of the spacey, you know, UFO things of it and the fact that it's it's essentially a pirate ship. Exactly, yeah. Well, up until just now, I totally forgot those even existed in the Star Wars universe, but I remember when they were introduced and just thinking, like, really? Did they actually just make a flying saucer? Because that yeah. is awesome. So It's great. Yeah, I love the... Especially there's that one shot where they're on Felucia, and yeah. Hondo is on this thing, and he's like, this effort is no longer profitable. <laughs> <laughs> and... The thing is spinning around and behind him, but yet he manages to jump on it. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, just funny how they do that. But yeah, it's a, it's a menacing image. And you don't like, out of all the things you'd expect someone like like Hondo to uh, pilot, you wouldn't expect that. I but, know. You, you'd expect something more along the lines of maybe the ghost or something. I don't know. Yeah, you would make sense. And he does, I feel like he does. Oh, Man, Hondo, speaking of Hondo, if you ever get a chance to listen to uh, or watch, or actually, you can read it, but the best thing to do is to listen to it via audiobook. It's Pirates, is it Pirates Price? It's a, it's the, the recent book that Hondo stars in. Okay. And Does he narrate uh, it? Jim Cummings narrates it. That's awesome. And so what's funny about it is the whole book is basically him trying to steal the Millennium Falcon away from Han and Chewie. <laughs> yes. And he actually, he succeeds sometimes, but also he doesn't. <laughs> it's just hilarious. And Jim Cummings is a genius, the mm. whole thing. And there's a one part where he's like, he knocks out Chewie and he's trying to like lullaby him to sleep and he's singing and all this kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and the whole book is told from Hondo's perspective. So when you hear uh, Han or Chewie talk, mm-hmm. it's, 
Hondo, it's Jim Cummings as Hondo imitating Han Solo. It's just it's just the best. That's awesome. I, for the life of me, I can't remember the name of it, but it's the Hondo novel that came out earlier this year. Go okay. look it up. It's amazing. I highly recommend it. One of my favorite Star Wars novels. Heck yeah. All right. Um. So up next, mm. I'll go ahead and read off uh, Zach's number four. He says, number four, Republic gunship. Mm-hmm. Uh, their entrance in Attack of the Clones was iconic and even repeated in Game of Thrones. Mm. Um, and their use in the Clone Wars provided how uh, useful and important they were uh, for the war effort. Another great choice. I, and a lot of people love the LAAT. Yes, uh, yes. It's a great, it's a great little design. Yep. So, Jake, by all means, you're number four. Yes. So, my number five was Jabba Sail Barge, and we ain't leaving Tatooine, people, because my <laughs> number four is the Jawa Sandcrawler. Nice. You know what? I think you might be the first person tonight to mention the Sandcrawler. Maybe, yeah. I, I can't remember any other ones. but the, It's a really cool design. The Sandcrawler is so awesome. It's like a crawling little city, sort of. It's just like a little, like, I don't know. It's like a mobile home, I guess I should say. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a roving dump. You know, just throwing junk in there, sucking it up in a little tube. Um, Jawas are very interesting to me. They're, you know, you can't really understand them, but you know kind of what they're saying. And they, they're they small little creatures in these huge gargantuan things on tracks that just roam around the desert looking for junk. And there's just something really cool about that, the whole scavenger aspect to it. Um, another really cool cross-section in my cross-sections book. And... I, f- I forget exactly like how many levels and stuff there were, but I just know in there, there was like metal forges and like, like lava kind of flow in where they melted down parts yeah. and droids. Yeah. I thought that was cool. The cockpit is really cool. Cause it's just like this perched up high thing right at the edge. Uh, they're very geometric looking, um, like all the sharp angles and, and stuff. Um, and I remember in the Lego Star Wars video game, that was one of my favorite levels to play because you could like hop around on the outside of it. But once you went inside, that was an entire level too, just kind of exploring the inside of the sand crawler. I love that. Yep. And that's that's another one where I think it would just be really fun to go in and, and hitch a ride and explore the, the innards of anyway, that the sand crawler is my number four. That is a great choice. It's funny you actually you mentioned Jawas and the sand crawler. Um I was reading today. I went out um toy hunting for Force Friday because nice. today is Force Friday where that's what we're recording on. And I got I got a look at the off world Jawa which is a new figure that comes with the Mandalorian. Okay. And apparently we're going to see, because it's like a different version of the Jawa. It's got like red eyes and a darker cape. Nice. But I looked at the back, and the back explains that apparently Jawas, for some reason, they are native to Tatooine, but for whatever reason, they end up on ships and just end up on other planets. Okay. And they just keep doing what they're doing. Really? (laughs) So, like, they said they're kind of obsessed with, like, technology and, like, essentially stealing things so like they just like they end up on another planet they can't figure out how to get back to Tatooine so they just stay there and continue doing that so there's like probably hordes of Jawas that are like on other planets Mm -hmm. I just thought that was interesting yeah that is very interesting all right so I guess it's my my turn for Mm -hmm. my number four 
And my number four is one that I think is also didn't really get a mention tonight that I remember. And I just remembered it, to be honest. And it's one that it's one of my favorite sequences in Solo, a Star Wars story. Hmm. And it's the conveyex. It's the train. Oh, from yeah. The beginning of the movie or, or close to the beginning. And That's awesome. I mean, come on, I'm a sucker for a train. But like this whole thing, like this double sided, like top bottom thing and how they do it and the whole thing with Emphis Nest. Like it's, it's such a great sequence. Oh, yeah. But also, I love the whole just the idea of a, a train heist and a train in Star Wars. Why do they need a train? Why not just fly <laughs> it to where it needs to go? But no, they have to have a train. And it's cool. I don't care about the logic gaps. It's fine because it creates this great sequence and just a great design. And it's, it was one of those things when I first saw it in Solo, in the Solo trailers, I was like, damn, like this is really cool. Oh, yeah. And such an underrated sequence in an, in an overall underrated film. Yeah, definitely. You know, trains, I totally agree with you. They add a lot to movies, I think. Like a lot of cool scenes in movies are have trains in them like you've got the whole beginning of the last crusade indiana jones last crusade absolutely you got a train you got the beginning of i can't believe i'm even remembering this but the beginning of toy story 3 has a train um there's a really great episode of firefly with a train Um, exactly you know even in the clone wars a really cool arc that one boba fett arc the bounty hunter arc has a train and or that maybe it was just a standalone episode actually but really cool uh the train and solo also very cool i love that sequence one of my favorite parts of the movie for sure and like you said who who knows why they need a train but it's it makes for a cool sequence exactly who cares who cares it's a cool scene and a cool design you can't really uh can't really get mad at them for that so uh I appreciate what they did to that. And just putting that in Solo itself, like I'd never expected a, a Han Solo movie to have something like that. Right. So, uh, all right. So I guess we're on to number threes. Number threes. And we got Zach's number three. He says, number three, the Sun Crusher mm. from Legends canon. And I know he has a soft spot for Legends. And he says, uh, quote, the Jedi Academy trilogy describes the impenetrable armor of this small ship possesses combined with torpedoes that can make a sun go supernova, destroying all the planets in its wake. It's a shame that hasn't been, this hasn't been revisited that I know of. Um, and I think he's right. I think this, that hasn't been a thing in canon yet, mm-hmm. but I would willing, be willing to bet that that'll be something that they come back with. I think that was in the uh, Old Republic, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe that was New Republic era. Yeah. But uh, it's still a cool design, a cool little thing that I think you know, would be interesting. I know we've had enough of super weapons in Star Wars, but it could be interesting. Well, it would have been refreshing, I think, if in The Force Awakens, the First Order used Sun Crushers, because if you think about it, the Sun Crusher does exactly what Starkiller Base does, but less complicated, because <laughs> Starkiller Base literally takes the energy of a sun, destroying the sun anyways, and then shoots the laser back out into like four or five different lasers that like curve somehow and destroy the planets when you could just fire torpedoes at the sun that you're destroying anyway and kill all the planets (laughs) but whatever (laughs) it's true it's true though it really is um yeah i i'm i'm wondering you know how much they might have even taken a little 
you know, cue from Legends in regards to Starkiller Base or whatever. Yeah. Um, who knows? Yeah. I, I don't think Lawrence Kasdan in particular was reading any Legends. The guy that famously was asked if Snoke was Plagueis on stage, and he responded, what did you say, Darth Vegas? <laughs> I don't know if he was playing. I think he, that was a legitimate question. I think Lawrence Kasdan has no idea who Darth Plagueis is, and we're probably better for it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so your number three, Jake. Take it away. All right, so my number three is uh, we're going over to Naboo, people. Naboo. Um, my number three is the Naboo N1 Starfighter, which nice. was that in your honorable mentions? That was my honorable mention. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I love this Starfighter. It's such a cool design. I love the yellow. I love how it's sleek, like like the uh, the Royal Starship is, you know. And it it still has a little bit of chrome in places, but you can tell it's it's made for battle, you know, and it it just seems like it would be really fun to fly. Just such a cool look. Them going against the vulture droids in episode one is always fun to watch. And I don't know, it's just really fun to see Anakin piloting that. And uh, they just look so fast, man. Like, I don't know. There's just something about them that seems so like aerodynamic and and just fun to race around. So this this has been one of my favorite ships in Star Wars ever since I was a little kid. Ever since I saw the Phantom Menace, that that was one of my favorites. I even had a little held or a handheld game that looked like a Naboo N one Starfighter, and basically you just kind of held it in your hand, and there was like a little screen on the back, and you were a Naboo N one Starfighter, and you it was kind of like Galaga sort of or something like that, or or uh, uh, what's I, maybe that's Maybe Galaga is the one I'm thinking, but you, you got to kind of shoot the ships as they're coming towards you. And if you don't get them all by the time they get to you, you die, something like that. Right. But uh, even when I wasn't playing the game, it was just kind of a fun toy to have and pretend you're flying it around. So, yeah, the Naboo N1 Starfighter is my number three. One of my favorite uh, memories of the N1 Starfighter is the game. I think it was called Starfighter. It was Star Wars okay. Starfighter or something like that. And it was the ship, I think it was set kind of around the Phantom Menace. It came out around the Phantom Menace, and it was basically you were a pilot piloting one of the uh, Naboo N1 Starfighters. Okay. And I didn't have the game, but I had the demo. And playing the demo was really cool because you got to fly one of these things, and you were protecting the Queen's starship, and you're kind of in an asteroid field, and you're being attacked by kind of some random enemies. And... One of the best things about what is the fact that you could basically screw around with the game for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and you could, for example, shoot the ship you were trying to protect, the Queen Starship. Okay. And I literally have all of the lines from the guy trying to say, Bravo 10, watch your fire. <laughs> and he just keeps going and going and going. You keep shooting it and he'll gets down to, do not fire us again. And you get into that point, and then th- then you become an enemy, and they start shooting at you. Oh my gosh! So it's this whole thing, and uh, so I I loved that uh, 
it was so much fun to just kind of screw around with it and, and hear the guy freak out like, why are you shooting at us? We're not the enemy. Yeah. Um, that's and awesome. That was one of my favorite memories of uh, the Naboo N1 Starfighter. Wow. Uh, okay, so I guess it's my turn. Yes, yes. And I, I think this one, should have seen this one coming, truly. Number three is the B-Wing. Yep. The B-Wing is an incredible ship. One of the most dynamic ships. It really doesn't get a whole lot of play. Mm-hmm. in Star Wars overall, if you think about it. It's just, you know, you have the rotating cockpit, you have the fold-out wings, and especially the one, like, the one we get in Rebels, the Hera flies, like, the the the, the beams come together and form, like, this super laser, which is crazy. Yep. Um, I just love it. It's such a cool, cool ship that yeah. uh, is really underrated, and I hope... It's funny, I think we're going to get some in Rise of Skywalker, which I'm excited about. Yeah, that's really cool. And the beams coming together like that to shoot one big one, very Death Star-ish. <laughs> You're right. That is kind of is kind of weird. I think, I kind of swore she like destroys a cruiser with that thing. Yeah, probably. So, really kind of uh, high-powered there. <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. For so. sure. That thing. So that's, yeah, yeah. I think you all saw that coming, that, you know, B-Wing is, is, has a special place in my heart. So. Yes, yes. Good. Point. But, okay, so we are down to our number twos. Mm-hmm. And we've got Zach's number two. And if he were here, he would make mention of how funny that is. And we're not going to do that because he's not here. Nope, not giving him the satisfaction. We're not, not doing it. We're not doing it. You know, he's not here, and we're just not going not gonna to go there. We're not going to go there, um, <laughs> even though he's laughing hysterically somewhere right now. Um, number two for Zach, executor class, or executor. I get confused sometimes as to what, how that's supposed to be pronounced. I think it's executor class, mm-hmm. dreadnought. I assume the executor from Return of the Jedi. There's actually like three of those things, I think, in canon. Oh, wow. Three or four of them. But the only one we've seen in the movie so far is the executor. And he says, quote, I mentioned this during our time talking about Empire Strikes Back, but it's worth mentioning again the destroyers from A New Hope were intimidating enough, but this class of ship is practically its own floating city. It may not be the Death Star, but it still can be a bringer of death. Absolutely amazing design. Yes. I agree. It's astounding, like, how big that thing is and how well it's designed, and it's just really cool. Yeah. One of the great shots is when you see the Star Destroyers, um, the normal-sized ones, and then the shadow goes over it, and you're like, oh, boy. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it's uh, really, really cool. Okay, so, Jake, why don't you tell people what your number two is? All right, my number two is slave one. Oh. I I love this ship so much. It is one of my favorite vehicles in fiction period. It is so cool. I love how you walk up the ramp, you know, into the back or the 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 little middle part there climb into your seat and then when it raises up the cockpit just kind of like tilts forward and you're straight up and down um obviously we first see this in the original trilogy but my favorite time it's actually used is the whole asteroid chase scene in attack of the clones so cool uh i watch sometimes when i'm bored i just go on youtube and watch that scene just because it's so cool uh, I love the seismic charges. I love the 
the lasers when they're just like it's like a gatling gun you know it's like doo, 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 yeah, doo, just yeah 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 such a cool visual um yeah i i like you know i don't have any particular preference uh over whichever one is being used whether it's Django fett or boba fett but that scene in particular really showcases the abilities of slave one and um and I, it's it's a ship that is designed to take prisoners you know it's got it's got a little another really cool cross section it's got like a little uh prison area in the back where you can keep somebody you know where boba fett keeps yeah. his his uh captives and you've got some sleeping quarters and and you know you got everything you need on there and uh i i remember when i was a kid and i went to little league baseball and I would daydream sometimes about how like we were on our way to go to Little League and I was just imagining what it would be like to fly to Little League and show up in Slave One and how impressed all of my <laughs> friends would be. Um, oh my yeah. gosh. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I still think about that sometimes. What if I could just ride my Slave One to work? <laughs> you know, I've thought about that too. Specifically because guess what? My number two is also Slave One. Are you kidding me? Not even kidding. That's awesome. And for the reasons you pointed out and more, like, it's such a cool design. And I heard there's a rumor, I don't know if it's totally true, but I've heard that it's like, it was kind of designed around a uh, a light post. Like a light a street lamp. Oh yeah, I can see that. So it's kind of like that, but it's it's just the, the idea of like, you know, normally ship just... You know, he takes off and stays the thing. The whole idea of turning all that on its head and having the ship that takes off and then spins around and it's a completely different shape. Yeah. And it's just crazy. And also, like, the whole... I don't think you ever actually see it in the films, but the whole dynamic of the the inner cockpit, like, rotates. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it goes up and down. I think maybe in the, one of the Lego versions that I had did that yeah where uh you could kind of rotate it around and it kind of explained like how he was able to use the ship but uh it's just it's such a cool design like it's so cool we don't get that much of it especially in the original trilogy uh-huh. you know and it gets that one scene or a couple scenes in empire then you really get to see it in attack of the clones and just the firepower that it has and you know there's still the mystery of like what's actually in it yeah because you don't really see the inside of it that much, but uh, yeah, it's just it's just great. Oh, it's another really unique design. Oh yeah, it absolutely is. It just it's so great. Yeah. All right. Um. So we almost got all three of us on the same page. Almost. But Zach had to go screw it up. <laughs> Darn you. Um. No, it's not a big deal. But I will go ahead and mention Zach's number one, which is the X-wing. Mm, nice. And he says. This may be a cliché decision, but this is the most used vehicle in Star Wars. Without it, vital storylines don't succeed. The destruction of Death Star 1, Luke's spiritual journey on Dagobah, Poe's entrance in The Force Awakens. I could go on and on. When people think of starships, that they either think of the Millennium Falcon or an X-Wing. I do love the Falcon, but to me, it borders on its own character, considering how people talk about it, and even too. So yeah, an X-Wing tops my list. And I think that's a very good very good argument for X-Wing. It's literally one of the most iconic spaceship designs ever yes. in pop culture. So, and even 
inspired some others because you have the the, the smaller ships in uh, in Battlestar Galactica that were kind of ripped off, yeah, ripped off the X wings so much so that they I think there was a lawsuit involved. But uh, wow, X wings you can't get better than the original, and it's just great. Also, great argument for the Falcon because I totally agree with that. It totally borders on its own character. You know, it really does. It's it's like a, it's like a character unto itself for sure. Absolutely. Okay, so we've reached the moment here. Dun, 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 dun. And I don't think we're going to have the same me and Jake. I don't think we're going to have the same, but we'll see in just a second. So, Jake, without further ado, give them your number one. Well, you're right. I don't think we are going to have the same, but, you know, Zach was worried about being cliche with his number one, being the X-Wing. Well, guess what? Mine's going to be even more cliche because earlier I mentioned if you don't have the Falcon in your top five, you are crazy. And that is why the Millennium Falcon is my number one. There you go. That is right, folks. What can be said that hasn't been said about this uh, ship, this wonderful, magical character of a ship already? It is... It is part of the heart and soul of Star Wars, you know, featured heavily in the original trilogy, even makes a little cameo in the the, uh, prequels and heavily featured in the uh, the sequel trilogy as well. It is it is a gorgeous ship. It is a heap of junk as Luke and uh, and Finn (laughs) say uh, or Ray. it is garbage, but it is beautiful garbage. And you know what? I, <laughs> I I, don't really get the line of thinking. I think it's just a running joke in Star Wars. But if I was walking and I saw the Millennium Falcon, I would not think it was junk. I think it is. It's, it's funny how, like, out of universe, it's considered, like, the, the coolest ship. Yeah. And even to a certain extent in universe, it's considered kind of this legendary, you know, spacecraft. Right. Um, but in universe... It's a piece of junk. Everyone talks about how it is the worst. <laughs> right. Um, it's so funny. But it is fast. You know, made the Kessel Run in 12 parsec. Um, if Han Solo loves this ship, you know it has to be a good ship. That's that's my argument for why it's the best ship in all of Star Wars. Because if, if Han Solo goes, nope, that one, I like it. That's the one I'm going to fly. You know, the uh, that's the mark of a good spaceship right there. Very true. Very true, and and I've liked that also. Other people, as we were t- just talking about, it really is its own character. Yes, the Falcon is a character. I'm not just talking about in the sense that it absorbed L three in Solo, <laughs> right? And it kind of thing like legitimately like it's become like this you know thing where it reacts and it, it you know and it does all these things and down to like the, I love the shot where Han walks into the Falcon when they're leaving Echo Base and he switches it on, it turns off. He bangs the door and it comes back on, and it's just this classic. Like it, they're constantly fighting with it. I don't know. It's just a great, and I love the history of it. You know, going back to uh, first appearance in Revenge of the Sith. Yep. And then in Solo, and then you know it's going to be back in Rise of Skywalker in some form, and we can hope and pray that they don't destroy it this time, because I'm really worried that it, they might fly it into a sun or something. <laughs> Well, that moment where he he bangs on the wall and it turns back on, it didn't have to be in there, but it's such like a small touch that just adds so much to the personality and the relationship between Han and the Falcon. 
and it's just this it's the it's kind of the peril but also the charm of this is his baby like this is this just this broken down car that just barely holds together yeah like it's not some sleek ship that is always dependable it's the ship that could easily get you killed as well as it could save you exactly <laughs> like, so it's just i love the whole dynamic and the falcon as mentioned everyone loves the falcon but it wasn't on my number one. It is not my number one. I know it's sacrilege. I know. Unbelievable. I know. I love the Falcon. I know. I probably should be booed off this podcast after this. But I had to take a stand, all right? I had to. Because there is but another ship that has my heart. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, Falcon. I, I, I failed you. But my number one is from the Clone Wars movie. <gasps> in the Clone Wars TV series. And it's also kind of a broken down ship that uh, doesn't last very long, actually. I would I almost cried when the ship was destroyed. It's the Twilight. Oh, wow. Yep. You know which one I'm talking about? I do. It's the... It's funny. It's very B-Wing in, in essence. Yes. In its kind of design. It has the fold-out thing. It has the long thing. But I fell in love with this ship. The first ever episode of the Clone Wars, which we just talked about the other day. Yesterday, you and I, we hosted the Star Wars Underworld podcast, and we talked yeah. about the 11th anniversary of the Clone Wars. And when that show came out, my, the first episode I ever watched was Rising Malevolence. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's that, this episode where, really, the Twilight gets the most, and kind of the only time it gets the most play in the entire show. But it's this thing where they, they go through the asteroid field, they're looking for thing, and... Uh, they're trying to evade Grievous, and then they pick up Plo Koon and his his clones, and they actually use a grappling hook to pull the po- escape pod into the Twilight, mm-hmm. into its hangar bay in the back, and then the escape after they leave when they're actually discovered is great. I just love the whole dynamic of like a ship that small having a hangar bay, and then it has the big wing, and it can kind of fold up and turn into kind of this like knife thing that can kind of pivot back and forth and just the whole tonight and, and then it disappeared yeah because apparently dave filoni hated it did he really I, that's what i heard wow I think dave filoni did not like it so he just didn't put it in the show and then in season five <laughs> obi-wan takes it to mandalore and it gets destroyed <laughs> which was very sad i'm sure filoni was behind. i think dave filoni enjoyed that oh yeah he enjoys torturing us sometimes well you're right it is very b-wingish it's got these like awkward wings off the bottom mm-hmm. and the right mm-hmm. side of it um but it's it's really cool and you know what i guess i never realized how big it actually was because i'm looking at like a side-by-side of it and the falcon and they like the the main part where like you go inside is actually about as big as the falcon itself which is surprising to me. I thought it was yeah. It's pretty pretty big. Yeah. Like if you look like a person like underneath it, like it it's pretty well overshadows them. Yeah, um, but I I would say it's kind of the like this may be going too far, but it's almost the Falcon of the the Clone Wars a little bit. It kind of became a character of its own in that show. They were trying to do that, I think, with the Clone Wars. I think they were trying to kind of establish like the status quo of like. Anakin, Ahsoka, Rex, they're all kind of flying around in this show. Yeah. And I think ultimately it didn't work because I think in a lot of times in the Clone Wars it was 
them getting into a situation where they flew in and then the ship that they came in on was destroyed yeah. and they had to make an escape on another ship, like, for example, the one where they go to uh, Felucia with the farmers, the Seven Samurai homage. Okay, I vaguely remember that, yep. Yeah, yeah, there's an episode where they, they get attacked by droids and they crash land. Yeah. Obviously, they couldn't use the Twilight there. Of course, they ended up destroying the Twilight anyway, so what's the difference? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but... But uh, I like what they were trying to do, at least in season one, they were kind of trying to establish. Then we just didn't see it again for a while, but it was fun while it lasted. And I'm looking at the side-by-sides, you're right. Like, the one I'm looking at, the, the Falcon can almost, like, land pretty neatly on the wing of the Twilight. Right, yeah. Which I didn't even realize, like, it was even that big. So that's pretty impressive. Like... Now we have Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. and you, it's kind of like you can kind of get get a scale on like how exactly big the Millennium Falcon is. Yeah. Can you imagine like if they had like a life size Twilight? Like it'd be huge. Yeah, exactly. Do it, Disney. Do it. Do a life size Twilight for me and me only. Do it, and you know what? I just to kind of you know put a, a cap on my my portion of the vehicles discussion. I have a strong feeling that after we watch The Mandalorian, the Razor Crest could be up there on my rankings Ooh, as well. Eventually. I almost added in because we've got a lot of cool ships. We've got the new, it's the triangle shaped winged TIE fighter that they're coming out with in Rise of Skywalker. It looks pretty cool. Okay. And then there's also the Razor Crest. And I almost added one of those into mine. I just didn't. Gotcha. But I haven't really seen them yet on film, so it's kind of hard to judge. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that should look great. Yep. Well, I think we made it. I think this is it. All and I right. think we're heading out. I think we're about to uh, wrap this show up. But we do have a couple of segments, a couple of short segments for you guys before we turn it off and uh, go to bed because that's exactly what I'm doing after I get off this thing. Damn, <laughs> um, I had a long day. But uh, we do have tonight's quote of the night. And I'm not going to, I'm, I'm just not going to intro it. Again, I'm just going to let you guys figure it out as you go. I think you'll recognize the scene as you hear it. But uh, without further ado, here is tonight's quote of the night. What a piece of junk. She'll make .5 past light speed. She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts, kid. I've made a lot of special modifications myself. But we're a little rushed, so if you'll just get on board, we'll get out of here. Hello, sir. I've forgotten how much I hate space travel. Oh, 
passengers must be hotter than I thought. Try and hold them off. Angle the deflector shield while they make the calculations for the jump to light speed. Stay sharp. There's two more coming in. They're going to try and cut us off. Why don't you outrun them? I thought you said this thing was fast. Watch your mouth, kid. You're going to find yourself floating home. We'll be safe enough once we make the jump to hyperspace. Besides, I know a few maneuvers. We'll lose them. That's where the fun begins. How long before you can make the jump to light speed? Take a few moments to get the coordinates from the navigator. Are you kidding? At the rate they're gaining? Traveling through hyperspace ain't like dust and crop, boy. Without precise calculations, we'd fly right through a star or bounce too close to a supernova and then an injured trip real quick, wouldn't you? What's that flashing? We're losing a deflector shield. Both trap yourselves in. I'm gonna make the jump to light speed. have it great scene love that scene and it's really i know we were talking about special editions earlier and i know a lot of people don't like them that scene is improved by the special editions yeah with the whole you know the falcon taking off into the atmosphere for sure and again what a piece of junk <laughs> that one's garbage yep. i love it but uh yeah great scene great movie didn't talk about it that long ago, and we'll be talking about Return of the Jedi, I guess, for too long, won't we? That's right. All right. Well, we do have but one, but one more segment before we close it out for the night. Let's go ahead and jump into everybody's favorite segment. Get out your hashtags. Post them in the chat. Post them on social media, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you are. Go do it. Some people may not know what's going on, so you got to tell them. you got to let them know. That it is time, one more time, for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue. 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 Right, all right, all right. Yeah, that's my my kind of impression. So what? Spot on. Um. So, I, I honestly I don't know what we're gonna talk about tonight. Cause again, I didn't prepare for this. I had a busy day, and I tell you what, put it out in the chat. Anyone have any barbecue related questions for us? Yeah. I know we have. We actually have a quite a few people in the in the chat listening tonight. Mm-hmm. So thanks everyone for joining us live. And I don't know, Jake. Do you have anything? you'd like to say in regards to uh, barbecue watch so i guess the most barbecue thing of recent uh time in my life is the other day i thought i would try pork rinds for the first time in a while oh Uh, i haven't had them in a long time and i got the original flavor and they were all right i guess kind of bland uh but then my wife picked me up some barbecue ones and I tried those and they were definitely much better than the original flavor. But, uh, yeah, it was, it wasn't bad at all. You know, I could, it's a, it's a good snack, you know? Um, I've been messing around with the keto diet, ketogenic diet lately, which is basically like you cut out all carbs and do 
a little bit of protein, but mostly fat. And pork rinds are really popular among people who do ketogenic stuff because there's absolutely zero carbs and it's pretty much just, you know, uh, fat and, and protein. So, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I will probably keep keep getting i don't mind them at all they're kind of like a good alternative to potato chips basically and the the barbecue flavored ones are my favorite so far out of the two i've tried so yeah um i love pork rinds those things can be dangerous (laughs) because they're so uh they're sharp you kind of need something to drink like especially barbecue it's like if they're really like heavy seasoned yeah like they can really like choke you up really easily but uh yeah i love pork rinds especially good like if you get like homemade ones yeah like there's a restaurant near me that um if you go and like they, they give you and they're like giant like huge they're like you know like tortilla chip size oh wow and they're huge and they're good um even some of them are plain are really good so yeah um, pork rinds we'll have to i don't know we'll have to explore pork rinds in the future because i feel like that's a good discussion topic and it's also one that can be now you could explore a lot of different stuff. You could put different flavors on them. Yeah, you know, yeah. Different, not just barbecue. And they are actually a really cool way to bread chicken if you are on the ketogenic diet and you don't want to use actual bread crumbs. You can just use, you know, basically just take your chicken or whatever you're breading and dip it in the egg and then put that into crushed pork rinds. Really? Yeah. And I, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I, I want to try it soon. Um I'm gonna have to thaw out some chicken tomorrow or something and try that. But that that sounds crazy. Seriously, you just blew my mind. I'm like, yeah. How I've never heard of like using pork rinds as I've never used heard of using anything else besides like just general breading as like breading. Uh huh. So yep. That's interesting. I might have to try that one day. Wow. All right. Well, I think we have reached that portion of the show. We need to start wrapping it up and. uh taking it all down and rolling up the sidewalks and heading on home but it's been a pleasure guys i hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed uh making this happen thank you everyone for contributing to the show and uh, making all this possible and sending in all your lists if we did not get your list i apologize i know there's a few people that i missed or at least I didn't see you post a list prior to recording, so please don't be mad at me. We'll be doing another way in these before too long. Keep an eye out. Um, really quick, and we talked about them up off the top of the show, and I should mention them again. Our great, great patrons who uh, support us financially and you know help us create awesome content, awesome bonus content sometimes, and we're lucky to have them. Um, of course, Jake Damon. Is one of them. He's on the inside, and he's pulling double duty, man. Got to, um, got to. So thank you so much, Jake. And also thank you to Joey Mays, Rachel Perry, Dan Grievous, Parker Ott, and Carrie Fleming. They are awesome people, especially that Jake guy. I really <laughs> like that Jake guy. Um, I'm not just saying that because he's on the call with me. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, please go patreon.podbean.com slash IPC podcast is where you can sign up and get some exclusive stuff. Um, you can also find us on TeePublic, tpublic.com slash user slash IPC podcast. Um, get some awesome, well, t-shirts and phone cases and all kinds of cool stuff. And also you help support the show and help keep us going. So that's always fun. 
Our host site for all our episodes is ipcpodcast.podbean.com. That's where all our episodes are. And I should give you an update because if you're listening live, you probably noticed, um, hey, the last episode hasn't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on the feed yet. And I'm here to tell you, yes, we've noticed. That is because uh, a lot of stuff's been going on. Our chief editor, <clears throat> me, um, <laughs> has been busy with other things. It's been a busy Star Wars news week, so you can almost guarantee if there's a lot of Star Wars news one week, um, IPC's going to get delayed. It's just the way it works. I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. It's just the way it works. Um, but that episode, I promise, will be up very, very soon. It is now officially a week late <laughs> being posted, so uh, I'm not happy about that, but hey, I promise it'll be good when it finally comes out. It was a great one. We talked about Stranger Things 3, and uh, you guys will really enjoy that. You can find more episodes up on, on Podbean as well as iTunes and Google Play. Um, if you have not already, go leave us a review, a preferably five-star review. That helps us a lot and bumps us up in the rankings and just keeps us going. We appreciate you. You can follow us at IBC Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Zach, who is not here tonight, but if you want to keep up with what he's doing, you can follow him at Zach underscore DFW on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow myself on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Ben Hart with no E exactly as it sounds. Jake, first of all, thank you so much for hosting with me tonight, and please tell people where they can find you online and what you've been up to. It was a pleasure, my friend. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Damon, and you can find me on Instagram at Jake W. Damon, and uh, doing a podcast with my brother called Ben 10 Again, where we watch every episode of Ben 10 from the year 2005, and episode 10 is going to be recorded tomorrow, I hope. Nice, nice. Uh, I, I want to watch Ben 10 so I can listen to your podcast. You know, honestly, re-watching this show, you may not want to watch Ben 10, but <laughs> it's not... Are you are you saying you're regretting this podcast? <laughs> I'm saying, boy, did I like a lot of different things than I would like today back when I was a kid. But, okay, so just to put it in perspective, Ben 10 watching right now, rewatching, and uh, realizing just kind of how dumb and childish of a show it is. Uh, but also watching right now, Avatar The Last Airbender, and that is leaps and bounds better. Like, such a good show. But yeah, Ben 10 is very. It's, I don't know, it's very shallow. There's not a lot to it, but it's fun to talk about, it's fun to make fun of, so. Yeah, that sounds like a heck of a lot of fun. I, I love the whole review shows that just go through something one time and, and talk about it. Yeah, it like I, I mean, to be completely honest, what the podcast has become, and it kind of, we realized this during episode one, is that it's just us joking around and just having hilarious conversations and div divulging into jokes and, and it gets out of hand, but it is, it's Honestly, a lot of fun. I love, I love shows that they have a very specific point about like what they're supposed to do. Yeah. And then they completely go off in the opposite direction and just don't do that thing. Yeah. I love it. I love it when it just goes off the rails. It, we kind of do go off the rails sometimes, but we always end up end up talking about as much of the show as we possibly can, which is honestly a miracle. But Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, that's good. Please, people, check out what Jake's doing outside of IPC and give him a follow and some support. 
And uh, you can find us also. Our podcast can be found at StarWarsUnderworld.com. Um, each and every episode is up there. And uh, you can follow what I'm doing over there, which is covering the latest, great Star Wars news. As I mentioned earlier, myself and Jake, we hosted the most recent episode of the Star Wars Underworld podcast, which can be found on that side as well as iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher and all those places. And it was a really great episode. We talked about Triple Force Friday. We talked about the new Kenobi series. We talked about Rise of Skywalker. A lot of good stuff in there. So go check that out. It was really a lot of fun. And so if you want just like this, but like only Star Wars, that's basically it. Um, and we also got Chris and Dominic uh, paid us a visit and told us about what they were experiencing. And uh, yeah, lots and lots of fun. So I think that's it. Is it Jack? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Bean. That's how, did you hear what just happened there? <laughs> I combined Jake and Zach. I think. And I made Jack. That's not the first time I've done that. I think you had a mini stroke just now. I'm. It happens <laughs> like daily for me or like hourly. Jacob Damon. Yes, yes. If you have anything else you would like to say before I close it out, please say so now otherwise forever hold your peace or at least till next week uh okay um uh chicken and dumplings <laughs> that's what you're going with that's what you're going that with, is huh? what i would like to leave the world with yes <laughs> it would be your your last meal and your last words yes yes chicken and what did i say dumplings chicken chicken and dumplings. chicken and dumplings um chicken you dumplings usually go with chicken and dumplings for some reason, I thought I said sense. I thought I said chicken and biscuits, but I, <laughs> I I did not say that. That's also good. That's that's good. I mean, we're not talking about barbecue watch anymore, but it's <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good. It sounds good to me. I'm hungry. Oh my goodness! All right, I think we're both losing our minds at this point. Yeah. It's gotten late. Um, we started late. We're ending late. This is how it is. Let's go ahead and wrap this show up. Episode number 257 is now officially in the books. Thank you so much for everybody for listening and for Jake and myself and Zach, wherever he is tonight. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you next week. But before we leave you, we're just going to leave you with this closing thought. When in doubt, go to the source. And we hope you return to the source of this podcast very soon. But until next time, good night.
blow that piece of junk out of the sky!